Thessalonians. Let's go back to Thessalonians uh, number 2, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. So 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 2, and we'll begin at verse number 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 1. Um, the longer we continue to teach on a certain subject, the more challenging it becomes to go back and review and bring everybody up to speed. Um, because you know we spend the whole time of the sermon reviewing if we're not careful. So we're strategically looking at these verses this morning um, because they reveal some very important things that you need to understand. Um, it's one thing to be a spectator. It's another thing to be a participant. And when it comes to the unfolding of history... You are not a spectator. You are not dust in the wind. You are not um, just riding this thing out and holding on by the skin of your teeth or the hair of your chinny-chin-chin until Jesus comes back. You have a very important role to play in the end-time events, and we need to understand what's going on in the world around us, not just from a historical perspective, not just from you know, being, uh, you know, what do, they, what do they call it, current events. I'm not talking about from a current events perspective. I'm talking about we need to understand what's going on around us from a biblical perspective because Jesus told us what we're seeing we would see and that they represented significant uh, turns and ebbs and flows in human history, all leading to the culmination of the end of this age, Okay. And so Jesus told us things that we should look for and, and expect. And he said that you would see these things, but you would also see them increase in frequency, you know, how frequently they occur and how intensely they occur. And so we are seeing all the things that Jesus talked about occurring in our world around us with both greater frequency and greater intensity. And he said that we would witness this and that we would know this and he told us that we should be he told us so we could be prepared for these things all right be prepared if you're taking notes this morning write somewhere at the top bottom middle up the margins in all caps with an exclamation point be prepared jesus wants us to be prepared if you're an alabama fan you were probably biting your fingernails last night because clearly the crimson tide was not prepared for the old miss rebels Amen or me, right? Um, so you, you see what I'm saying here. So we've got to be prepared. And we have uh, far more than a Southeastern Conference uh, opponent uh, coming after us. We have the enemy uh, of God himself uh, who is threatened by you. See, that's the other part that you don't understand. And I'll show it to you again in Scripture this morning. You are standing in his way. You are preventing him from doing what he uh, wants to do, but in the same way, the thing, I'll have to explain this as we get into it this morning, but, but he's not trying to get you out of here. Um, he's, he's trying to weaken you. He's trying to weaken the church. He's trying to, to make us irrelevant. He's trying to make the church insignificant. He's trying to, 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 to put the church of the living God on the sidelines of history uh, so that we will be of little restraint and, and of little effect uh, upon him. And so we, amen, again, uh, have to understand these things, and I'll try to unfold, you know, from the Word of God uh, some more of this this morning. Now, I want to read, 
it's, it's, it's 12 verses, so I don't apologize for that. I'm just telling you um, we're going we're gonna to look at, at these 12 verses this morning, all right? So beginning at verse number 1, it says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. If you underline things in your Bible, underline, and our gathering together to Him. Not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Okay? Now, we said that to, you know, apply this to our current situation, we see that he's telling us not to be shaken in mind or troubled. Remember, Jesus told us, don't allow your heart to be troubled. Satan is trying to trouble your heart. Okay? But notice he says the trouble will try to come through three different avenues or three different means. All right? One is by spirit. Now, I, my first thought, because notice it's lowercase s here, this would be um, like a demonic spirit uh, behind certain things. But remember, demonic spirits try to manifest themselves through people, and they don't come you know, in a red suit with a pitchfork. They come, the Bible says, in, as an angel of light quoting Scripture. If you look at some of the other writings pertaining to this, one theory is, and when I say it's a theory, we don't have a Bible verse we can turn to to say, there it is, it proves it. But one of the, the beliefs, we might could say, uh, to, to this is that there were people in the church at Thessalonica that were standing up during worship services and giving words of prophecy or tongues and interpretation of tongues. And, and in that, were saying things like, the rapture's already taken place, um, we've already moved past that point, and, and, these, and these sorts of things. And so this would be even like folks claiming to speak by the Holy Spirit. And this is the one, as members of the body of Christ, that we have to really be, I think, on our, on our P's and Q's, right? Um, it's, it's when somebody stands up in front of you with a three-piece suit in a you know, 5,000-member church, and they claim to be speaking by the Holy Spirit, but they're saying things that do not line up with or agree with the Word of God. So he's saying, don't allow your heart or your mind to be shaken or troubled, either by spirit, by word, this would be something that you hear, or by letter. And for us in our day and age, letter would equal media, by the media, all right? Um, we, we have a media in our, in our nation that has an agenda, uh, and, it's, and it's very sad, uh, but that is the truth, that is the reality of it. And um, if, if you are relying upon cable network news outlets to keep you genuinely and truly informed about what's going on in the world around you and the United States of America, then there is a, a very highly uh, likelihood that you are clueless, that you've been uh, lied to, that you've been deceived, that you've been told half-truths and, and only part um, of, of the story, okay? So we've, we've got to um, we gotta wise up. And I heard somebody say this. I think it was actually Newt Gingrich that said this, and I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, he, he said that, you know, God-fearing, God-loving people who want to see this nation, you know, founded, you know, living upon its foundation of righteousness and one nation under God, he said it feels like we're losing. All the time it feels like we're losing. It feels like we're one step behind. And he, and he listed off a whole bunch of truths and realities and and, 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 and things that are, you know, again, undis- indisputable. He said, but one of the reasons he believes, and I agree with him, that it feels like we're losing is because um, darkness controls the media. 
right? The, the people that are putting out the, the information, right? Uh, they have an agenda. And so because we hear and believe that, it makes us feel like that everybody in this world, uh, especially in this nation, you know, are four things that are opposed to God, that nobody believes in God, that nobody loves God, that nobody loves their family. That, and again, it's a lie. But this is the influence that the media can have on you if you allow it. If you allow it. Amen or oh me. You hear me? All right. He says, as if uh, from us, in verse 2, uh, as though the day of Christ had come. Verse number 3, let no one deceive you by any means. So, obviously, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be deceived. These were the two key things Jesus told us in Matthew 24, and we see this pattern. I've showed it to you in many other places, different uh, men that's, that God inspired to write the Word of God. We see these two things linked together time and time again in Scripture. Do not allow your heart to be troubled. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do not be troubled. Many people's hearts are troubled because they're deceived. They hear things that, and they believe they're true, that they're not true, it troubles their heart. Once your heart is troubled, it makes it even easier for you to be deceived, which makes it even easier for your heart to be troubled, and it creates a vicious cycle. So Jesus told us to, to be careful of these things. I do want to point out one last thing to you. Let no one deceive you. It doesn't just say let no one deceive you, period, or comma, or semicolon. It says let no one deceive you by any means. By any means. What does that mean, by any means? It means that the enemy will use anything he can to deceive you. He, he will use any avenue, any channel that, that you open yourself up to to deceive you. In other words, the, the devil doesn't just deceive people, um, you know, by one, uh, by one mean, okay, <laughs> by one way. He has many different ways. And so he's telling us, you know, by spirit, uh, by something you hear or by something in the media, but then he he doubled, tripled down, triples down on it, right? He says, let no one deceive you by any means. In other words, there are other means even than the ones specifically mentioned here, okay? Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Now, we could spend the next two weeks just really kind of pulling this verse apart, unpacking it to, um, to really you know, receive all that this verse is re- referencing throughout the Word of God. It, it goes all the way back into the, in the Old Testament, uh, talking about you know, the end of this age. And by the way, I believe that we are in the end of this age. Amen. I believe that, that we, uh, based upon what Jesus said, based upon what's going on in the world around us, based upon more than anything, the progress that the church has made in evangelizing the world, okay? I believe that, that we are, uh, obviously we're closer today than we were yesterday. I mean, duh. But I, I literally mean, that, that we are in the last of the last days and that it's, it's, it's our opportunity to shine. Many times we look back on the men and women that sacrificed so much uh, to get this plane off the ground called the Church of the Living God and, and the sacrifices that they made. 
And, 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 and his, history, historically, we look back on those folks with such respect and admiration. Amen. You do realize that, that one day, whoever lands this plane, amen, is also going to have that kind of place in the eternal history of our fathers working in and through his people. Amen. And so I'm just telling you, it's our time to shine, church. It's our time to step up. It's our time to be who God called us and created us to be. We should not be intimidated. Our hearts should not be troubled. Are you hearing me? And certainly if we don't allow our hearts to be troubled or deceived, then we will be highly effective at what it is that Father has for us to do in these last of the last days. Now, there's a lot that I want to get to beyond these verses, right? But before we can do that, I think we need to clarify some things. And somewhere in my notes, I'll find it in a minute, but I have something to this effect written. It is sadly ironic that a verse or a, or a section of, um, of verses that begin with, let no one deceive you by any means, has a poor translation that has misled and deceived many people in the church. Okay? And so I want you, and listen, remember my job is to, is to come before you and to feed you with the word, to serve the word to you as a servant leader, but the Bible tells you to check the spirits and, and, and to search these things out in the scriptures for yourself, all right? But, but when, we, when we get to this passage where it says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, I believe that this passage is not only incorrectly translated, it's incorrectly translated because of a misunderstanding of what Jesus said in Matthew 24. So what I want to offer to you this morning is, is both the, the correct understanding of this passage, okay? What I believe in the depths of my heart to be the correct understanding of this passage, the correct translation of this passage, and then help you understand how it ties back into and is confirmed by what Jesus told us in Matthew 24, all right? Now, the error occurs in the translation of the original word into that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, okay? Now, what I have heard my whole life is that um, when, you know, Jesus, before Jesus returns, that there will be many people in the church who abandon the faith, who fall away and, and, and will miss out and go to hell, all right? Now, I think, I'm not trying to open cans of worms in here this morning. There are certain things that I will reference today that we have spent literally hour upon hour upon hour breaking down from the Word of God. And that, that interpretation of this has always concerned me because our salvation is not based upon our works. Our salvation is not based upon how good we are or how, uh, or, or how you know, devoted and committed we are or the reverse of that. It's based upon one thing and one thing only. It's based upon what Jesus has done for us, freely given to us, and we've received by faith, Okay. But there are those who believe that if you sin after you've been born again, you're just as lost and bound for hell as you were uh, before you were ever born again. My brother, my sister, the Bible does not teach that. If you think that way, please get with us on Wednesday nights at 5 o'clock and let me show you from the Word of God um, what the Bible says about your salvation. Okay? 
But again, there are those who believe that and that becomes their lens through which they then uh, you know, translate the scriptures from the original language into, uh, for instance, our exam- in our case, the English language. Now, this word, that day, the day that he's talking about here is, um, you know, talking about when Christ uh, gathers his people. Did you, do you remember I told you to underline that in, uh, in verse number one, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. This is referring to the rapture of the church, okay? Can I tell you the classic error people make? Are you ready for this? The classic error people make is they confuse the rapture of the church with the return of Jesus and his uh, uh, body, uh, the the born-again believers that have been raptured. We're going to go to heaven when he raptures us. We're going to be taken out of this earth, and we're going to be with him for the marriage supper of the Lamb. But then after that is over, and after what the Bible calls the great tribulation takes place on this earth, we will be coming back with him to the earth where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, also known as my best friend and big brother, is going to rule on this planet a kingdom of love and righteousness for 1,000 years. Amen. Amen. Now, sidebar here, your righteousness, your right standing with God is not based upon what you do, but your rewards are. Your rewards are based upon what you do. And Jesus taught us in the Gospels that what we do for Him now with what we've been given will determine our position in His millennial kingdom on this planet. And there are folks in this room who will be ruling and reigning over cities in that new kingdom. You, you, you will be governors and, and mayors, and I don't, I don't know what the titles are going to be, princes and princesses, are you hearing me? Kings and queens over large territories of the earth in that millennial reign. See, people say, well, oh, Pastor, that's all. if you're just telling me if I'm born again, I'm going to heaven, that's all I want to hear. No, no, that is not all you want to hear. You say that now, but you have no idea what you're talking about. Amen. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Right? You, you, you could have very little in the way of talent and ability, but if you use the talent and ability that you have to the best that, that God has given you, you will be rewarded wildly in His millennial kingdom. Amen. So, but again, <laughs> the classic mistake that people make is they think that coming, that second coming of Jesus, when he, when he let, me, let me see if I can, I'm going to use this terminology, and, and I know that sometimes they're interchanged. The rapture and the second coming are talking about two different things. In the, in the rapture, we're going to see him in the clouds, and we'll be caught up together with him. In the second coming, we're coming with him back to the earth. Jesus has already come to the earth once through the womb of a virgin. Amen? He's coming the second time on a white horse. Are you hearing me? Amen? He came the first time for sin and to fix the sin problem. He's, not, he's coming a second time, but he's not coming to fix the sin problem. He's already done that. Amen? The second time he comes, he's coming to set things right in a new heaven and a new earth. 
And before that second coming, that's when the, the sun's going to go dark and the moon's going to turn to blood and, and all those things that Jesus talked about, the great tribulation. Okay? Are you with me? So people get confused and because they don't understand the difference. So clearly, what is Jesus? What is, what is, let me go back to it. I asked you to underline it. I'm going to go back to it. It takes, takes us just a second. All right? So what are we talking about here? Verse number one, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. Okay? This is not the second coming where we come back with Him. We're not there with Him. We've got to go there to be with Him in order to come with Him back to the earth. So he's clearly distinguishing what he's talking about here. Our gathering together to him, we ask you, has that taken place yet? It's not a trick question. No, that has not taken place yet. Right? And that's what we uh, watch for. He explained these things in great de- detail to the Thessalonians and, of course, by default to you and me. He said that the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the air forever from that point to be with him. To be with him. Okay? So that means if we're going to be with him forever, when he leaves heaven and comes back to the earth, we come in with him. Amen. All right? So, oh, this excites me. So he's saying that this hasn't happened yet. Anybody that told you this has happened yet is not, is not speaking truth. And notice the enemy trying to, to make people think they've missed it, to make people th- Anybody, come on now, be honest. Anybody ever come home, wonder where your family was, can't find anybody, and you think you missed the rapture? I'll see y'all laughing, but nobody wants to raise your hand with me, right? Come on now. (laughs) Thank you, Brother David, for your sincere honesty, my brother. Praise God. All right. It hadn't happened yet. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm convinced this is why the enemy just talks aliens and, uh, you know, other planets and UFOs and all sort of stuff because he's trying to put a storyline in place now to explain one day when, you know, a few billion people all of a sudden are missing from this planet. You're talking about missing cases. You're talking about missing persons reports. Praise God, there's going to be a lot of folks missing. Now, somebody said, Pastor Mark, you believe all that. I am all that. I am all that. I am all that. Praise God. So this is what he's saying. Let no one deceive you by any means. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So... Like, for instance, in, in, in many times, maybe in your Bible, it says the great apostasy. Anybody got a pericope? That's a subheading in your Bible, the great apostasy, right? Because, again, it's based upon that line of teaching. And, and by the way, there are many who teach that, that we will be a part of the great tribulation, that the, that the church is going to be here for all of that. Absolutely, positively, no. You say, well, that's just your opinion, Pastor Mark. It's not an opinion. It's what the Bible teaches us, Old Testament and New Testament. This is why the devil is trying to trouble you, right? You say, yeah, but what about what's going on in the world? There's all kinds of tribulation in the world around us. Exactly. And what did Jesus say? Jesus says, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is just the beginning. He says there's tribulation and then there's great tribulation. We're experiencing tribulation. And this tribulation will continue as we see it and more things added to it. Um, Remember, the Antichrist isn't here yet, or if he's here, he's not yet revealed. But the spirit of Antichrist is here. The great tribulation is not here yet, but all the different features and aspects of tribulation are here. You know, what about... 
Verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that, that he sits as God in the temple, showing himself that he is God. Listen, we've had presidents of the United States that have done this. I don't mean they're the Antichrist, but it's the spirit of Antichrist. Are there a whole lot of people in our world today exalting themselves above all that is called God? Absolutely. Absolutely. So he's saying the spirit of that is already here. This, these things have already started and they're going to increase, right? But let's go back now. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, we hear this falling away, and people say that's the great apostasy. Can I tell you what the word falling away in the original language means? Anybody know? It means departure. It means departure. You say, well, how did they get falling away from departure? Because they believed that departure here meant departure from the faith. It doesn't say departure from the faith. It says that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Okay? Unless the falling away comes first. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. This is referring to the Antichrist. Now, if you read about him in Ezekiel, you'll see, for instance, that that the prophet begins to talk about him as if he is a human being, and then he, without any warning, he goes from talking about a human being to talking about the devil, okay? And so in the same way that, that Jesus was God incarnate, God in the flesh, the Antichrist, amen, will be a man who is so full of of Satan and the devil himself, right, that he will be acting as the devil. He will be acting as the devil in the flesh. Okay, praise God. Am I going too fast or is this too heavy for you? All right, we need to understand these things. All right, so, um, praise God. I've got some stuff in my notes I need to find right quick, all right? So, again, how sadly ironic that so many people are deceived by an incorrectly translated passage that begins with, let no one deceive you by any means. All right? So, this, this word means depart, and if the context even of this is our gathering together to Him when the church um, departs this world. But let's keep going because you say, well, I'm not convinced yet, Pastor Mark. He says, unless the departure of the church comes first, let's just believe that's the correct translation and, and it reads that way, and the Son of Man is revealed, the Son of Perdition. So what is he about to tell us has got to happen in order for the Antichrist to be revealed, the Son of Perdition? And before that can happen, the church is going to have to be taken out of here. As long as the church is here, the son of perdition cannot be revealed. As long as the church is here, the man of sin, the Antichrist, cannot step onto the forefront, onto the stage of human events. Who is this man of sin, this son of perdition? It's the one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Let's keep going. Verse 6. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So clearly, as we said last week, the Apostle Paul had already taught them some things about this that are not mentioned here, specifically here. But he's saying, remember what I told you when I was with you. And based on what I told you when I was with you, you know now 
what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So to restrain means to hold back, to, to prevent, okay? Verse 7, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Not until he who restrains is taken out of the way. Do you see that? You understand this isn't, you say, well, Pastor Mark, you're just taking falling away and you're just trying to, no, I mean, look it up. Look up what the word means. It doesn't mean fall away. It means depart. If, 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 you know, you go to the airport, am I the only one to Birmingham airport? You're like, okay, which one do I need? Departure's arrival, departure's arrival. Okay, if they're leaving, departure, right? Depart, I mean, if, 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 if I'm carrying Pam to get on a plane to go see her sister in Wyoming, I'm going to the departures. She's departing. She's leaving Alabama. She's going to Wyoming. So he says, I'm talking about now the gathering together of the church to Jesus. He says, do not believe it if somebody tells you that that's already happened. Because until that happens, the man of sin, the lawless one, uh, cannot be revealed. And then the lawless one will be revealed, verse number 8, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, and destroy with the brightness of his coming. All right, now, praise God. Where does our time go? I mean, I talk like extra fast today. Are you getting anything out of this? Is this helping you? I want this to help you. I, listen, I, I love to talk to you about the goodness of God. I love to talk to you about covenant and kingdom and grace and salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the authority of the believer. Man, these are like just wheelhouse subjects. I mean, we, we can't hear enough about those things. Please don't misunderstand me. But my brother and sister, this, this I believe is the word of the Lord for us and understanding these things. We cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices lest he gain an advantage over us. But here's, here's another one. Hosea 4, 6, God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There are people, God's people, who have been destroyed in this historically challenging season because they lack the knowledge and the preparation to deal with what's going on in this world around us. All right, let me try just in, in the few minutes we have left. Is it okay if I go just a few more minutes? Okay. In the few minutes that we have left, this brings us then back to this question. He that restrains, to whom exactly is this referring? Got to answer this question. Got to answer this question. Because as long as he that restrains is in place... He is keeping the Antichrist from coming in full measure to rule over the world in a one-world government, right? But notice, that's already being floated around. That's already Spirit Antichrist, all these things, right? Already, already being whispered, already being mentioned, okay? So, if this is the clue, if this is the thing that reveals to us that, the, that, that Satan himself in human form is about to be unleashed on this planet, nothing holding him back, nothing preventing him from doing what he wants to do, steal, kill, and destroy, all right? That cannot happen according to God, that cannot happen until he that restrains is taken out of the way. So it sounds to me like we need to nail down once and for all who is he that restrains? Now, in this 
New King James Bible, the H is capitalized. Because the thinking is, this has to be God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can you pause right there for just one minute? The one thing that I left out that I was supposed to tell you, and we're not going to turn back there this morning. If you go back to Matthew 24, Jesus talks about this um, abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. Okay? That's, that's situated right in all those key verses in Matthew 24. And he says it's important for you to understand what this means. A lot of opinions about that. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. The abomination, the abomination of desolation, the abomination of desolation is speaking of when the Antichrist is worshipped on this planet as God. Okay? And again, that's another uh, uh, key. You understand a cue? Like there are certain things that once this happened, it releases that. Once this takes place, this kicks in. So that's another cue. Once that happens, it's going to mark a shift in what's going on on this planet and, 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 and what's happening on this planet, and we need to understand these things, all right? But now, let's dig in on this, and then we'll finish right here, okay? He that restrains, to whom exactly is this referring? So there's three possibilities, all right? Three possibilities. The first one, I think, is clear, that he is speaking of Jesus, okay? That Jesus is the one standing in his way, that Jesus is holding him back. Okay, that's a good answer. I mean, if you were writing a paper, you know, in a, in a theology class, you, you could make a case for that, and I think get a passing grade, right? But there's another possibility. The other one would be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And by the way, there are some scholars, theologians, they say it's Jesus. And others say, no, 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 it's not Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay, again, I think you could make a better case for this one because Jesus went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to the earth. Okay, so, I, you know, if you made a B plus on that theology paper saying it was Jesus, you know, if you changed your thesis and put Holy Spirit in there, you'd probably get the A, all right? Now, the third possibility would be the body of Christ. I should have put out beside that, a.k.a. you and me, all right? Now, depending on what Bible school you went to, if you chose that as your thesis, you would probably flunk. Right? Because a lot of traditionally religious people do not believe this has anything to do with you and me. But I believe I could write a paper that would cause them to think twice. All right? And here's why. You say, which one is it, Pastor Mark? Is it Jesus, number one? Is it the Holy Spirit, number two? Or is it the body of Christ, number three? It's yes. All the above. Because... If the man of sin cannot be revealed until Jesus is taken away, who's the body of Christ? So if we're his body, he can't be removed from the earth unless we're removed from the earth. Okay. If it's the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit can't be removed from the earth because the Holy Spirit not only lives in us, and Jesus said when he comes to live in you, he'll live in you forever. But the Bible also says that when you were born again, your newly minted born-again spirit and the Holy Spirit became one spirit. So you, you can't remove the Holy Spirit from the earth without removing the body of Christ from the earth. And then we've got this whole idea that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are part of a three yet one trinity are you following me 
So the bottom line of it is this. As long as you're here, the body of Christ is here. As long as you're here, born again men and women, as long as you're here, the Holy Spirit is here. And the body of Christ, Jesus can't be taken out of the earth without taking you out of the earth. And the Holy Spirit can't be taken out of the earth without taking you out of the earth. So you, my brother, my sister, and who you are, and what you are, and who lives in you, is the restraining, is the restraining force on this earth. See, the devil's tried your whole life to convince you that you're measly and insignificant and irrelevant and in the minority and, the, and Christians are a thing of the past and who really believes all that stuff anymore. My friend, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be deceived. My brother, my sister, we own this down here. We own this. We own this. And whatever you bind on earth, is bound in heaven. What you say goes here on this planet. The devil never wants the body of Christ to understand that. He never wants us to understand the power and authority that we have in the name of Jesus. I could preach to two o'clock. Stand with me. Praise God. Ooh, he's on me right now. Thank you, Jesus. My goodness gracious. All right, you need to just stretch your legs. Just stand there for a minute. Praise God. I'm going to give this to you in the Weiss translation, then I'll pray, okay? Weiss translation. Now I'm requesting you, brethren, with regard to the coming and personal presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, even our being assembled together to Him, not, to, not soon to become unsettled, the source of this unsettled state being your minds, neither be thrown into confusion either by a spirit, a believer in the Christian assembly claiming the authority of divine revelation and claiming to give the saints a word from God, or through a word received personally as from us, or through a letter falsely alleged to be written by us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come and is now present. Do not begin to allow anyone to lead you astray in any way, because that day shall not come except the aforementioned departure of the church to heaven comes first, and the man of lawlessness is disclosed in his true identity, the son of perdition. He who sets himself in opposition to and exalts himself above everyone and everything that is called a God or that is an object of worship so that he seats himself in the inner sanctuary of God proclaiming himself to be deity. Let me tell you something, my friend. It's not the one world government you're going to have to be concerned with. It's going to be the one world religion. You follow me? What's been the source of so many wars? Do you realize how many wars have been fought in the name of religion? How can there ever be peace on earth with different religions? Are you hearing me? So we're going to have one man be the head of a universal religion. And we're going to worship him. Amen. And we're going to watch it all happen from heaven. I don't even think we'd be bothered with it, to be honest with you. Can you imagine, like, looking away from Jesus to watch somebody fight on the earth? I don't think so. Amen. 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 I know it's so corny. I, I say corny. It's true, but it's corny. You know, it's like, it's like um, I read the end of the story and we win. You know, we hear that and we just think, oh, that's just cliche, preacher talk. Whatever. Hey, listen to me. Look at me. You're the winner in all of this. You're the winner in all of this. And don't ever, ever, ever forget that. Amen.
Father, you're good to us and we love you. And I thank you for the men and women who are in this room this morning. Such a beautiful crowd, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for those who are joining us online right now. I thank you, Father, that you're revealing things to us, Lord, that, that we need to know and we need to understand. Father, some, some fundamental things, some basic things, Father, that, that as long as we know the truth, we, the, the enemy uh, can't confuse us or deceive us and get us uh, all troubled and in fear about it, Lord. I thank you, Father, that, that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And, and Father, we've already overcome all of this. We've already overcome the enemy. We've already overcome every strategy and tactic of the devil. We've already overcome everything and anything that would ever be involved in tribulation or the great tribulation. And so, Father, we rest in that today because we're in faith and our trust is not in flesh. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is the man who puts his trust in the flesh. Father, we pray for our government leaders, but our trust is not in the government. Our trust is in you. We pray for our leaders, Father, but we're not, we're not believing that our leaders are the answers to all of these things. We're believing that you're the answer. And Father, we ask that you give them the answers they need, Father. But Lord, we look to you, not to them. We look to, to your word, Father, not to the media, not to, not to the internet, Father. We look to you for the solutions. We look to you for the answers. We look to you, Father, for the direction and the way forward, Father, in, in, in these historically challenging times. And Father, we boldly declare that we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we are preventing the devil from doing what he wants to do in this nation and in this world. And Father, I thank you that this is one nation under God because we declare it to be one nation under under God. We don't listen to what the political parties that want to take that out of the pledge, Father. We don't, we don't, we don't pay attention to them, Father. We don't give, we don't let their stands and their politics trouble our hearts or scare us. We are one nation under God and in God we trust. We, we are a nation founded upon righteousness. And Father, we will be governed by righteous men and women. And Father, I thank you that even now the heart of the kings are in your hands and father i pray that their hearts turned or they be removed from office in jesus name father i, I, I release revival in this nation father that that people would come and come quickly to the realization that government is not our solution and they don't have the answers, but there is one greater than governments, the eternal son of the living God, king of kings. He has the answers. He has the healing. He has the prosperity. He has the peace. He has the freedom that we so desperately long for as a people. May the heart of this nation turn back to you, Father. May your people, called by your name, turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves and pray. And Father, I thank you that you promised to hear from heaven and heal our sickened land. We push back this tide of evil. We stand against the forces and the spirits of Antichrist. Those who've already participated and drank the cup of the devil's delusion, Father. I thank you that they're being brought down. Bust the teeth of the wicked, O oh Lord, and let righteousness rise like the noonday sun in your people, Father. In your people, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, the cause of your gospel and the cause of your kingdom will not be diminished. 
flowing outward from this nation. We declare it so. We declare it so. Father, your people will not revert into survival mode and selfishness, but we will not only continue to give to see this world evangelized, we will give more. Father, we will not be intimidated by human and current events, but our trust is in you. And I thank you, Father, that the trees of the fields are clapping their hands as we walk down the streets of our neighborhoods. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on now. Somebody say amen with me. Somebody say so be it with me. Uh, Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.